If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, this is Buck Sexton, and you're listening to the Tudor Dixon Podcast, part of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm Tudor Dixon, and I'm so glad you're joining me today because I have one of my favorite people with me, one of the Democrats' least favorite people, because I think he is the best investigative journalist in the entire country. He is the founder and CEO an editor-in-chief of Just the News and host of John Solomon Reports. John Solomon himself, for a very big day. Now, we do pre-tape, so we are taping on a Tuesday before everything is happening with the Comer trials and testimonies and everything with Hunter Biden. But still a day where a lot is going on with the Biden family. And John, you seem to be the expert on this stuff. So I want to jump right in. First of all, I want to start with this weird thing that we're dealing with where the White House is saying the New York Post can't be involved in briefings. What's going on with that? Well, it's the same cancel culture that I uh, faced in 2019 when I first started writing the stories about Hunter Biden and they were trying to cancel the Hill and me. Uh, It's the same thing that happened in 2020 when they told people, you can't look at the laptop, it's Russian disinformation. It wasn't. So Joe Biden has uh, spent years mastering a censorship system to try to protect his family from scrutiny. And uh, it won't work. It won't matter if the New York Post is at the hearings or not, uh, or at the White House briefings or not. They're still going to keep doing the reporting. It's not going to deter the great Miranda Devine or anyone else from digging in. It just makes the Biden White House look more and more like they have something to hide um, and that they're petty and pecuniary. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's not going to change the dynamics of this avalanche that is now roaring towards the Biden White House, which is an avalanche of truth. All the things we were denied for four years are now coming into full sight. I just think it's such a, I mean, such a dumb move 
to yeah. to block the New York Post, which is the the magazine or the the newspaper that actually broke the story, and they yeah. they disappeared the story the first time. Now, why be so obvious with the New York Post? That just to me, it's bizarre. But that's how they work, and nobody's going to call them on it except for us. So yeah. I'm grateful that you have that out there on your site today. So if you go to justthenews.com, you'll see that the whole article is there. But you're also going to see some information on this whistleblower and the testimony to ways and means and everything that's going on there. But this is pretty significant because what we have seen with the Biden family up until this whistleblower came out was Biden family members. This directly implicates Joe Biden himself in a bribery scheme. Is that right? That's right. There are two approaches to the Justice Department. The first is in the fall of 2018. One of the Justice Department's own, the former U.S. attorney in Little Rock, a very respected former federal prosecutor and criminal defense lawyer by the name of Bud Cummins. He comes forward and says, listen, the attorney general of Ukraine has reached out to me. He'd like to come meet with federal authorities in New York where there's an ongoing criminal investigation of Hunter Biden's uh, business partners in the fall of 2018 and divulge some evidence, including two witnesses, which are identified in the communications as John Doe 1, John Doe 2. Eventually, the government would find out who they are if they were interested. Uh, and he wants to come here because he believes that Joe Biden uh, traded U.S. policy for cash to his family, and he can prove it. Um, the U.S. attorney doesn't, uh, in New York, uh, by the way, under President Trump, doesn't engage on the issue, and he turns down the uh, invitation, doesn't ever engage the uh, Ukrainian prosecutor. By the way... Wait, 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 wait. Wouldn't this be pretty significant? Because isn't this during all of the hearings where they're saying there's this inappropriate call with Ukraine, and yet here we have this information? Before. It's a year before. It's, the government knew before Donald Trump started asking for an investigation that the Ukrainians believe that there's something untoward going on. And by the way, there were many other people. I, I put a timeline out the other day. And it's very important to see. There are just constant waves of information coming to federal law enforcement, and nobody's curious enough to ask questions about Joe Biden. First one is in uh, 2015 when all the suspicious activity reports, SARS, are filed by the um, banks. A year later, in 2016, uh, Hunter Biden's business partner, direct business partner, a guy named Devin Archer, he actually um, gets indicted for a bond scheme involving a company that Hunter Biden's involved with, but Hunter Biden gets cut out of the case. How about that? They don't even bring him as a witness. In the fall of 2016, a former bank official at one of the largest banks in America files a personal whistleblower complaint to the Securities and Exchange Commission, identifying all sorts of transactions he thought constituted money laundering involving a series of companies involving Hunter Biden. By the way, Hunter Biden's picture is actually in his complaint. Uh, in 2018, now the third wave comes in. Bud Cummins comes to the U.S. Attorney in New York, says the Attorney General of Ukraine, by the way, the attorney general that Joe Biden handpicked after he fired the earlier attorney general of Ukraine who was investigating his son country. So the guy Joe Biden handpicked comes and said, hey, I saw Joe Biden in a bribery scheme. I want to come tell you about it. They don't investigate it. You know what they do? They turn around and take uh, and seize the phone records of the former federal prosecutor, the uh, Bud Cummins, the guy who's trying to be a good citizen and divulgence. He gets investigated and his Apple iPhone records are taken. And then fast forward 2019, uh, uh, John Paul McIsaac, the computer laptop repair shop guy, he brings the Hunter Biden laptop. The FBI authenticates it. They've got all that evidence. And then in 2020, wave six of this uh, timetable, a confidential human source that's registered and approved by the FBI to work with the FBI. Uh, he's somebody from Ukraine. We don't know his identity yet. He comes and says, 
Hey, FBI, I have significant evidence of a pay-to-play bribery scheme involving Joe Biden. Joe Biden traded uh, U.S. policy for uh, money to his family. The exact same thing that the attorney general in Ukraine wanted to give them two years earlier. Six waves. Nobody ever investigates Joe Biden. How about that? So all of this happened, but aren't we in the midst during this time frame of them saying that Donald Trump wants to investigate Joe Biden over Ukraine and that that's him investigating a political opponent? And this is all I mean, doesn't this all start a firestorm, even though the government actually knows that they have someone from Ukraine saying something went on? Yeah, it's my stories in March and April of 2019 in the Hill that first point out that Joe Biden fired the prosecutor who was investigating his son's company. Uh, that triggers the impeachment thing. And the whole time, the Democratic media, the Democrats in Congress, uh, the big tech companies and Joe Biden are all saying nothing to look there. Nothing there. Joe, uh, Donald Trump's a bad guy for raising this. While all that's playing out and we're being told I'm a conspiracy theorist and it's Russian disinformation, the truth of the matter is the United States government had five approaches saying there is a problem with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And by 2019, which is around the time that the impeachment proceedings are actually going on, the FBI has a laptop. What do they have on that laptop? They have emails where Hunter Biden acknowledges he's trading on the family name. He says in one email to his colleagues back in 2015, just as China's about to offer him a deal that comes with a three-carat diamond, we don't get those very often, and a $5 million interest-free forgivable loan that the family keeps, we don't get those often either, um, that the Chinese aren't interested in me or my skill set or my services. They're interested in my last name. That's one piece of evidence the FBI has, and they keep quiet about it while impeachment's going on. Donald Trump was trying to prove it was influence peddling. They told him he was crazy, which turns out to be true. The second piece of evidence they have is Ukraine. Uh, uh, there's an email in 2017, January 2017, just as Donald Trump's about to become the president and replace Barack Obama. And the email says, hey, Hunter, this is from his closest business associate, Eric Schwerin, you never declared $400,000 of income that you got from that Ukrainian company. Burisma, you got to get good on your taxes sometime soon. Direct proof of a tax violation. The FBI has that, but no one in impeachment gets that. No one in the country gets that. And we're told it's a conspiracy theory when, in fact, there is significant documentary evidence of tax and influence peddling uh, allegations sitting in the FBI's possession at that moment. So so he's in danger right now uh, of actually being indicted on tax fraud, I guess. That's but this, but this is yep. way bigger than that. I mean, this is really putting us yeah. in a situation where the country is compromised. He sold his father's last name. He sold access to the vice president of the United States, potentially even the president, who knows what, how deep this really goes. Nobody seems to be digging deep enough to find out. But when you look at this situation, don't you think it's interesting that this is Ukraine? We've obviously, everything in Ukraine has changed over the past couple of years, but the United States is sending billions of dollars to Ukraine right now. And we now know that the president potentially has a compromised relationship with this country. I mean, this is all blowing up pretty badly for the Bidens, but it doesn't seem to be on the mainstream media. W what is going on? Well, the media was so much a part of the political protection racket in mm. 19 and 20, canceling everything, calling the laptop uh, Russian disinformation when there wasn't an iota of evidence. They now have seen that the guy who wrote the letter admitted it was a political dirty trick. They still haven't got right with that. But I think what is so significant here now 
at this moment is what uh, James Comer said on Sunday, which is, I think the Justice Department should stop for a few days and wait to see what I'm going to unload yeah. on the American people this week, because he's going to put out a web of countries. And you asked something that I think is the fundamental question. It's the question that Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson tried to answer and the question raise and answer in 2020, they were canceled. When you see Joe Biden allow the Chinese blimp go all the way across the United States and take it and doesn't get shoot down, you're left wondering, was it the million dollars that millions of dollars that his son got from China or is there a security reason? You don't know and you don't feel good about it. When you see us go to war in Ukraine now in a war that a lot of Americans don't feel comfortable fighting, uh, you're left wondering, is it because it's in the interest of the America or is it because Hunter Biden got a lot of money from a corrupt Ukrainian company back then? All, uh, when you see things about Russia in the, the thing, take, keep in mind that Hunter, a company associated with Hunter Biden admitted in documents the FBI seized in 2016 that they had taken $200 million from a Russian oligarch who the American uh, government was very suspicious of. These are the questions that are in our mind. It's why we have conflicts of interest statutes to avoid the sort of transactions that Biden's family got involved in. And I think we will come out of this investigation. Maybe Hunter Biden will be indicted, maybe not. Maybe Joe Biden will be implicated, maybe he won't. We will come out of it with something. The Republicans are going to make legislation to make it a lot harder in the future to use an elected official's family to backdoor money in return for policy. And I think that will be good. A new ethics laws that'll be a lot tougher than the weak ones we have right now. Well, I mean, even if we put this in pretty easy terms, now I know there have been a couple of book deals for the Bidens, but they are worth millions of dollars. They have properties that are worth millions of dollars. Their son is now, he has received millions of dollars. Now he's claiming hardship so he doesn't have to pay for his daughter who he won't even acknowledge. But truly, the Bidens have come out of the vice presidency very rich. Supposedly, yeah. they had debt when he came out of the Senate. Now, coming out of the vice presidency and going into the presidency, they're incredibly rich people. How do you become this wealthy if you have been a public servant your entire life? The back door of what the family was doing is the answer I think James Comer will make available to all of us tomorrow. I think we'll see that in the next couple of days. There'll be a significant amount of evidence LLCs and foreign uh, influence uh, companies trying to enrich the Biden family really for no apparent service, just like Hunter Biden wrote in his laptop. They're really not interested in my services. They're just interested in my last family night. The fundamental question that we have to come to grips with, we have to answer really to get to the bottom of this, did Joe Biden get any of the money? If he didn't get any of the money, did he make it possible for his family to score the money because he took U.S. policy decisions to benefit the benefactors of his family? I think the most important witness we're going to hear about, he's not yet cooperating, but if he were to cooperate, it would be significant. Devin Archer, the guy who got Hunter Biden his Burisma deal, who was side by side with him on the early China deals, he's somebody waiting to go to prison right now. If he cooperates, he's the one person that goes moves between Joe Biden and Hunter Biden on all these business deals. He's the guy that can say, I know Joe Biden did or didn't do this. I heard Joe Biden do or do this. I know Joe Biden got or didn't get this money. He could be the single most important witness uh, that Congress can secure. They're still working on that. If he scores a deal, the country is going to get a lot of answers that it's been deprived since 2019. But if they come out and they say the money didn't go to Joe Biden, it yeah. went to his family members. We're already seeing that foreign governments have given money to at least nine, maybe even 12 family members yeah, of Joe right. Biden. Isn't that still I mean, aren't we still in a situation where this is corruption and this is he's he's selling 
opportunities to to get policy changes and whatnot to enrich his family members. That's I mean, that can't possibly be okay. It can't and it wouldn't be right. That is what we call classically influence peddling. And there are statutes against it, including the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, which says you can't uh, receive money directly or indirectly in return for a U.S. policy decision. So the allegations that the Ukraine attorney general brought in 2018, that the FBI informant brought in 2020, that James Comer is going to bring this week to the light, all suggest that there are policy decisions that were traded for money, that Joe Biden kept taking um, actions that were beneficial to the people who are paying his family. And I'll give you just one example because it's a, one of the documents I unearthed a long time ago, but it's so relevant in the debate we're having now. Uh, Hunter Biden gets added to the board of Breesman in April 2014. Joe Biden is told the day before by Devin Archer, the guy I told you to keep an eye on. Uh, Joe Biden immediately goes and gives a speech in Ukraine. When he's in Ukraine, he surprises the audience by saying, I think the United States should help Ukraine do fracking and get into the natural gas business. That's kind of funny given the anti-natural gas position of his administration. Now, that uh, speech is given literally as Hunter Biden is joining the board. Hunter Biden and Devin Archer engage in an email right after the speech is given, like an hour after it's given, saying, we should let um, uh, the Burisma people know we got this in the speech and that we're bringing value already for the money you're paying us. They're taking credit for the line in Joe Biden's policy uh, speech. Years later, he fires a prosecutor who's investigating the Burisma thing. That was be very beneficial to Burisma. Joe Biden kept taking actions that are directly beneficial to Hunter Biden's clients. I don't think that's an accident. I think that's where James Comer said it. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Do you believe in coincidence? Because Joe Biden said several times that he never spoke to his son whatsoever about his businesses, even though he happened to be following him around throughout his career as vice president. He never said, I never talked to Devin Archer about Hunter Biden's business. He never said, I didn't talk to Eric Schwer and another business partner. I think we're going to find out that Hmm. there was these backdoor channels of communication. That's why Devin Archer, if he were to cooperate, would become such a critical witness. You're right. There are too many coincidences for this not to be something more. And most Americans are smart. They know what this is. They know what influence peddling looks like. They've just been told time and again, it's disinformation. They're no longer going to buy it, given the but facts are that are Americans, are Americans not understanding the dangers here? Because we're being told that this would be the largest public corruption scandal the United States mm-hmm. has ever seen, that this has put the United States in such a compromised position to not only have this happen during eight years of the Obama administration, yeah. but now to have this man as sitting president and, and even scarier because he seems to be so mentally compromised, who is actually running things behind the scenes and how has his behavior as vice president affected where we are as a country now. Yeah, well, listen, that is it. And and as Jim Jordan wrote in that extraordinary uh, uh, letter uh, a couple of days ago, uh, when he uncovered the Mike Morrell dirty trick operation that told the American public that the Hunter Biden laptop was disinformation, but it wasn't. When he divulged that, he said something very important. These operations, these uh, censorship operations, deprive the American public from making an informed decision in the 2020 election. The good news is the American public will be fully informed going into the 2024 election where Joe Biden seems intent on running despite being at 36% popularity, clearly declining physically and mentally, and in many parts of the world become a laughing stock. He's less popular in Great Britain. Part of the reason Joe Biden didn't go to the King's coronation wasn't he was tired or old. He's not very popular in Great Britain. They would have booed him probably there. He's not a popular figure in Great Britain or in many other of our foreign allies right now. They don't see a competent leader in Joe Biden for the world right now. So Joe Biden has a lot of problems. He's still going to run, but Americans are going to have a much better uh, uh, book of information, uh, job interview, so to speak, to make a decision whether he deserves re-election in 2024. Well, I'll tell you, the mainstream media is still desperate to protect him. And I think even more so now that they came out and protected him in the first place, now they look like complete morons when it comes to what's happening in reality. And they're not going to give this much play if they can afford to get around it. I I really hope that the Republicans are successful. I want to talk about Title 42 while I have you as well, because that's going to expire this week. We are going to see a massive amount of migrants coming across the border. They've already said that they've been catching sex offenders. They've been catching people that are on the high risk list. We know that this is happening every day, but I saw something on justthenews.com that you recently put out. It's on there right now. What's going on with the children? The Biden administration has lost track of 85,000 children. And when we talk about this, people should understand that you come across with a child, you say it's yours. The Trump administration was brutally attacked for supposedly separating 
parents from their children. Now, what what is really going on is people are using child children to get across the border. And there is no way to find out if this child is being abused, if this child is being used by this person, or whether or not they're their parents. And the the Trump administration was trying to figure this out. Now, the Biden administration has just sent these kids off with the supposed sponsor and 85,000 have just disappeared. Why is that not massive news? It should be. Uh, There was a whole hearing on it. Even Democrats couldn't defend it um, because the Office of Refugee Resettlement under uh, uh, HHS and Secretary Bashara has done a woeful job. There's a new story up on Justin News right now. We just broke this overnight. Uh, and it, it reveals that that same office, the one that lost track of 85,000 children who were oh, brought here mostly at the behest of the cartels, um, and, and then we lost track of them without their parents. They don't have parents. They're alone in this country. We don't know who they're with. That same agency failed to follow federal law and to vet anyone who is involved in the processing center of these children to make sure that they weren't sex offenders, that they weren't uh, sexual abusers with a prior history on a sex registry. They didn't even do that basic due diligence to protect those children who they already encouraged to come along the most horrific journey you can make at the behest of the drug cartels. Many of them are raped. Many of them are put into indentured servitude. Uh, Their families are left paying large debts to get their children into the country to the cartels. Um, But now we don't even do the most basic due diligence to make sure the workers that we're putting them in contact with aren't sex offenders. there's not, this isn't incompetence. It is severe negligence. It's outrageous that these children are put at risk every single day. I've had so many people, I mean, we talk about Mayorkas all the time saying the border is not open. And I have to say, my opinion of this is, yes, the border is not open. It is controlled by cartels. You cannot come through the border unless you go through one of these illegal operations and then you are tracked for life by these criminals, That's by right. this criminal element. You. It is outrageous to think that they have this much control. But I also want to talk about what are what are both sides doing about it? I mean, we have a massive influx, the, the highest number we've ever seen of people coming across the border. I think what people don't understand when they say that this is kind, that this is gentle, that this is caring, or this is what Jesus would do, is that these people are being brought into the United States and they're told, hide. I mean, really, you can't get a job. You, you don't have an, a social security number. You can't pay taxes. You're not a part of the country. You are hiding. And when you are told you are hiding, you are already in a criminal situation. And that just leads to more desperation. People, businesses can't hire them. And I know this from experience. I mean, I'm in Michigan where we are desperate for people to work here. And they have said, folks across the state when I was running for governor said, can we not do something about immigration reform? We have all of these people who we'd love to have working in our factories. We'd love to have them come and work in our farms and hospitality. We need workers in these states, but we can't hire these people. They can't be hired. Why is this loving? Listen, I've had many Border Patrol agents. I've had many uh, foreign leaders of other countries tell me that Joe Biden has created the most inhumane form of uh, immigration to the United States ever in American history. We have the great stat, uh, the great memories of Ellis Island. This is not an Ellis Island operation. Uh, there are uh, 20 to 30 percent of women on the journey with the cartels are raped or sexually mm. assaulted. Children are raped and, and, and put into indentured servitude or slavery. Um, you have families that will be in, uh, paying off debts to the cartels for the next 
50 years of their life. And if they don't pay, they'll end up like the family in Texas or the family in California that gets executed by a thug who's also yeah. illegally in this country. There are 900 migrants that died within a few miles of the border. The journey was so treacherous and dangerous, they died and the United States had to go pick up their bodies. To put that in perspective, that's a tenfold increase in illegal migrant deaths under Joe Biden compared to Donald Trump. It is inhumane by any measure. And all Democrats can say is deny, deny, deny. Republicans this week, perhaps on Thursday, will uh, have a House floor vote on a immigration reform legislation that tries to slow down this horrific uh, experience for these uh, folks who really are not going to have a good life in America. They're not. And uh, they probably had a hideous journey here. They may have died in the process or been raped in the process just to get here. That's not the American way. And the Democrats don't have an answer for it. Republicans are going to pass legislation and they'll put it on uh, the uh, uh, the table of uh, Senator Schumer and Joe Biden to see if they'll have the courage to do something. They probably won't. And when they won't, those five vulnerable Democrats that are in swing states will probably pay a dear price for it in the 2024 election. Is this something that you suspect, whatever this reform is, that the Republicans will be bringing to the table on Thursday? Is this something that you expect to see presidential candidates running on? Yeah, listen, it's the it's the, it's a return to the Trump policies that worked in 2019, 2020, and just reversing some of the worst ideas that Joe Biden did. So this isn't a big sweeping immigration reform, right? We're not going to create a lawful way for lots more workers to come in here, which, by the way, we got to fix that at some point because uh, we don't have a country. Uh, we have such a tight labor market. We can take some pressure off of that. But we're so far from that because we don't even have security of the border. So it's not even worth talking about that to secure the border. They're going to go back to the Trump policies that worked and reverse the Biden policies that are the most devastating, according to the very people working under uh, Donald Trump and excuse me, under Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas. The Border Patrol chief, the top uniform officer, says we no longer have operational control of our border. Next week, according to senior custom officials who came on my TV show, people at CPB border agents at the border say next week, when Title 42 is fully reversed and we see the first flow, there will only be about 9% Border Patrol agents on the border compared to what we had at the uh, on January 20, 2021 when Biden took over. At that moment, once you cross below 10%, they said the drug cartels will have full control of the southern border. That is the people working for Joe Biden saying that. We need to listen to them and we got to stop listening to the lies of Mayorkas and the spin of the White House and uh, the ignorance of the national news media that won't cover this for what it is, a humanitarian crisis created solely by Joe Biden. And you have to wonder with all of the pay for play, the bribery that he has been engaged in in his career, is there some reason a bigger reason for him to keep this border open, for him to not push back on China when it comes to COVID, for him to not bring up fentanyl to China when it, when it's coming across our border every day. This is, I mean, it is very concerning to have someone who is so corrupt in the White House because it has affected every part of our lives. But when we talk about bringing these folks in and we talk about immigration reform, just from the the ground level here in Michigan, and I believe that this is something that is happening across all states and or most states in this country, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but bringing these people in, again, they can't get jobs, they can't work, they can't, they, they'll take from social systems, but there will be no giving of taxes to the American way. But we also have a major housing crisis. So yes. where are they living? I mean, even if they could get jobs, where are they living? 
They're living in tiny homes. They're living in um, uh, landlord, slumlord apartments. They're living in tent cities. Uh, again, the inhumane experience is extended to every aspect of their journey here and their arrival here and their stay here. It is not the way that this country built a great immigrant uh, uh, base of its population. We're doing it the wrong way in the most uh, awful of uh, circumstances for the people that we claim to be helping. And while that's going on, the most significant um, uh, development for Americans who are already here lawfully, who are citizens or green card residents is, the cartels are now pumping in enough poison to wipe out our country 10 or 20 or 30 times over every year. Fentanyl continues to pick off innocent American lives day in and day out. Some people say it's, these are addiction deaths. They're not in most cases, they're poisoning deaths. Sometimes it's the first pill someone ever encounters that kills them. Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, the second scourge, the second inhuman, inhumane thing that Joe Biden is inflicting on our country. There are babies that find a colored object on the ground, they touch it and they die. There are officers trying to help people to get poisoned instantly uh, from this. There are young adults dying at the highest rate of opioid abuse in American history. China is executing an execution strategy in America by handing the cartels the precursors and the cartels, because they now have control of our border, are killing our own fellow countrymen and countrywomen. That is absolutely what's going on. I could back up every word of that statement as dramatic as it is. I think the hardest story that I heard this year when it comes to fentanyl is the family that went to the vacation by owner or the Airbnb where they took their 18 month old child and the people before them had been partying. Not it wasn't the parents that were there. It was the, the vacationers that were there the week before left a pill on the ground and the baby died. And I just think that is I mean, that is what's happening across this country. And so many people are affected by these drugs. But why why are we as Republicans on the Republican side? Why do we see Republicans playing defense on this? Why are they not coming out with a message that's like, look, we've got to take care of these people in a way. We've got to take care of our our border. We've got to protect our, our own citizens from drugs and the people that need jobs, the people that need to come into the country. There's a better way. Why? Why are we? It's like we can't figure out the message. Yeah, I'll give you two four letter words. Paul Ryan. In 2017, he had the opportunity with a Republican House, a Republican Senate, and a Republican president who was a pro-border security president to change the course of history, and he failed. And we may never get to that point again. There may not be enough political will like there was in 17 to do it, but big moneyed interests got in the way and kept them from doing something common sense, even though the American people elected that majority in 17 on the build the war promise, build the wall promise of Donald Trump. Um, 2017 will be one of the most extraordinary moments in American history when we look back, not only because of the Trump phenomenon and all the lies that dominated his presidency inflicted by the left and the media and big tech. It's also because there was such a moment of opportunity. We had lived through the Obama immigration crises and we didn't like it. And there was a mandate to fix it. And the cowardly Republicans in control of Congress at that point missed the opportunity to serve the American people, to deliver what they promised. And I'm not sure we'll have a political dynamic available to us again, like the uh, the things that were lining up in 2017 that could have made that uh, immigration reform lasting. Right now, Kevin McCarthy is going to put a very serious proposal on there. It, it will put just common sense things that are proven to have worked in the past. If you ask any Border Patrol agent to raise their hand and say, well, these things work, they're going to say, yes, of course, they work. This is what we want Biden to do. That's a good starting point for triage, because right now we're in such a crisis, all we can do is triage. 
I'm not sure the current leadership, maybe Kevin McCarthy is, he keeps surprising people, but you know, Mitch McConnell is not going to do anything there. I'm not sure the leaders are there to give us the comprehensive common sense reform that uh, five Americans, everyday Americans could sit at the table and write this up and we get it right, but not, uh, not 1000 politicians in Washington can get it right. And, they keep letting the American people down. They keep letting this crisis come back time and time again. Every time it comes back, it's 10 times worse than the time before. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I see messages from the Democrats constantly on my cell phone. Yeah. I get it on TV commercials. It's con- They don't take a year off. They never nope. have time off. They're constantly pushing their message. They work hard. Why is this not happening on the Republican side? They work harder. They're better at owning the narrative. Uh, they're better at uh, coming up with novel ways to game the system to their favor. Um, they're uh, not afraid to get out and communicate. They're not afraid to go out and get early votes, uh, which now that they're lawful, you can't unilaterally disarm. Uh, all of that is a Democratic advantage. I feel like 2024 will be a year where Republicans make some significant changes to the dials of election strategy. Uh, Donald Trump has flipped around on the issue of early voting. I'm not sure the RNC is going to be the most competent early voting thing. They still count voters and we need to count ballots, right? That's what, that's how you win elections. That We need to count ballots as a line that the Democrats used all in 2016, 2020, 2018, and 2022. It doesn't matter how many voters are registered, it's how many ballots actually get delivered. And you can't start election day 
250 to 400,000 votes behind in every statewide election in America, which is what the Republicans have done the last three elections because they wouldn't engage in lawful early balloting. There is a uh, fundamental mindset, mind shift that has changed, and, and it's good. And now they got to learn the, the skill set. It's a specific skill set. Republicans nearly won without playing the early voting game. Imagine if they matched or came close to matching the Democrats. That's exactly. That's the I mean, that, I keep telling people, they say, well, what happened in 22? I'm like, we learned a lot that that really winning elections is not about having a rally and getting a nope. thousand people there because the Democrats are not asking you to come to them. They're going to you. They're coming to you in the form of your your phone. They're going. They're getting yeah. ads to you on YouTube. They're coming to you and your doorstep. They're yeah. sending you ballot applications. I mean, they are coming to you. We need to get on the train of elections, or we are not going to win this. I agree, and I think that one of the things that um, uh, you're going to hear Republicans use the word a lot more: low propensity voters. Low propensity voters are people that will never go to the poll on election day. And they could have good reasons. They might work two jobs. They might have kids in school and they can't fit it in. But they still care about the country. And Democrats have gone and roused up millions, maybe tens of millions of votes from low propensity voters by engaging them early. Hey, you don't have to go to the polls. We'll get you your ballot. You fill it out. Right. In some states, we may deliver it for you. Uh, and they, they manufactured another two to three million. And I don't mean fake votes. I mean, they got votes cast in front of these election places. If Republicans do that, uh, the land, uh, skip, uh, landscape changes, because as you saw from recent pollings, black Americans, uh, Hispanic Americans are really peeling away from Joe Biden. Uh, all we need to do is make it easy for them to get their early voting because they may be too busy on Election Day or the weather may be bad on Election Day or printers might not work like we saw in Maricopa County. It's not worth taking that risk. Most conservatives say, let's see if this is the election where Republicans finally realize how they got beat the last three elections in in change the rules of the game for the better for them. I think it's really critical that people listen to what you just said, because I think that they go, oh, gosh, well, they're not allowed to be doing that. No, they they are. They are, they are doing it and they are yep. doing the work on the ground of getting people to vote. And we are not. I mean, I, I can tell you from experience that did not happen nope. in Michigan. I guarantee you it did not happen in other states. And that's a shame on us. So for everybody that is out there saying, well, it's just not fair. Get in the game. It, let, let's see if it really is not fair, because I'm telling you, they are using tools we have not even thought of, and they're not illegal. They are there for the taking. We just need to pick them up and go. You're exactly right. There's no doubt about it. Ronald Reagan used to say, I'm a principal guy and I got my principles, but I'll never unilaterally disarm. The Republicans unilaterally disarmed in 18, 20, and 22 by not engaging on the rule changes that they had allowed to happen. A lot of these states were red states when the rule change happens. I'll point you to one other thing that I think could be a significant force in the 2024 election. It's a court case coming out of North Carolina that's currently before the Supreme Court. It's about reapportionment, or uh, and, and a lot of people think, well, that's what it's about. It's actually not. The core legal issue in North Carolina GOP uh, versus the, their state government is whether uh, the legislature's authority to set the time, means, and manner of an election, which is in the Constitution, is absolute, meaning it doesn't require the signature of a governor and it doesn't require a court to intervene. If the court comes down, as they sort of signaled in the oral arguments, that they interpret the Constitution literally, that the legislature has supreme power to determine the rules of an election, 
That means the Republican legislature in Wisconsin, the Republican legislature in Pennsylvania, the Republican legislature in Arizona, who have Democratic governors, attorney generals, and court systems in some cases, can't interfere and the Republican legislatures can declare exactly what is lawful and not lawful as a counted ballot. If that happens, three battleground states could overnight shift in their strategies and rules, and we can get back to some of the, maybe to some of the rules that we think are more fair. But that's a court case everybody should put on their map for mid to late June. It'll probably be one of the last decisions of this Supreme Court session. But if if the legislature's power is supreme, the rules of elections in several states could be significantly altered before the 2024 election. This is why I love talking to you. It's like talking to an encyclopedia. There is nothing you don't know. There's a lot I don't know. Talk to my wife. She can guarantee you. She'll definitely (laughs) prove it to you. Well, in this world, <laughs> you're very Thank good, you. which is why you are an award award-winning investigative journalist. Thank I'm you. so glad that you came on the podcast today. Thank you so much. You are the founder, CEO, and editor-in-chief of Just the News. Make sure everybody, if you need to know the news in the morning and sign up for the newsletter, I know you send out the topics, the, the hot headlines every night yeah. at like I mean, I get it between midnight and 2 a.m., so I think you're you're writing all night long. (laughs) Don't be charged. (laughs) I know. I I always, I think, oh, John must still be up, must have just finished that last story. But it's all, I mean, it is amazing because it is everything. It it is great detail. You go, you dig into everything just like you did today. So thank you for what you do, and thank you for being on here, John. Thanks, Tudor. Great honor to be with you. And thank you all for joining me on the Tudor Dixon Podcast for this episode and others go to Tudor Dixon Podcast. Podcast.com, or you can go to Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join me next time on the Tudor Dixon Podcast and have a great day. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to fourpatriots.com/tutor to get your solar generator. Now you'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash tutor. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing dirty sports scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.